Yo, welcome to the home for anime and the celebration of Kyoto Animation. I am your host, GPC, Great Podcaster Cali, and I am joined by my best of friendo, Drew. What's up, bro? Not much. Oh boy, do we have a discussion for today. Yes, we do, because we are covering Beyond the Boundary, which is one of my favorite KyoAni works now, but I feel like you don't share that sentiment. There are things to really appreciate and love about it, but I feel like towards the second half, maybe like the last third, um, things were a bit, things were done a bit. It's structured weirdly, and I don't know how to feel about it. It's not negative entirely, but it's just, I feel like there was some, some weird choices made. Well, to begin with, we should probably tell the good people what this is about. And it's essentially, it starts off with this kid named Akihito who tries to save his schoolmate Mirai from committing suicide. But instead, she hops over the fence that she was about to jump from and stabs him Mm -hmm. with this really cool blood sword. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, oh, he's he's immortal and he's half Yomu, which is this kind of yokai thing that they've got going on for some reason. Yeah. And from there, things just progress and that's about all you can really say about beyond the boundary is this a spoiler (laughs) episode no 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 just a review without revealing too much okay cool yeah okay so yeah it's a good start like it's a really good start um and it kind of sets you up for what it's going to do it's going to play with some tropes and some ideas found especially like in light novels at least to my understanding because this is an adaptation between established source of light novels yeah Uh, that kyoto animation published oh did they really yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. so drew i gotta (laughs) tell you i typically save this part for later on but there is one thing that i really want to talk about with this show and Mm -hmm. that's the subtleties in the fashion I don't know if you're super into those types of things, but there are little touches, like, especially with Mirai. Her, she has her school uniform, but with that, she also has this really cute cardigan sweater type thing that's pink that matches her hair. Yeah. And aside from giving her main character energy vibes, It's also just a really nice touch that gives her personality because it fits with her kind of personal aesthetic of being this reserved kind of person who's slowly coming to terms with who she is and what the world is about. And we don't see that many outfit changes for many of the characters. I would say Akihito probably has the most and that's probably because he has maybe two or three maybe four outfits that he i mean mirai has mirai has some other outfits later on yeah but the cardigan's the one that just stands out 
I mean, that's her main look, but it just it works so well. I, I just kept thinking, wow, that is a great cardigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get that a lot from Kyoyan. He put a lot of detail into um, some of those. I think with, like, just any anime or story set in, like, in a school that enforces uniforms, you kind of have to pick and choose how you want to embellish them a bit or dress them up a bit, which is kind of hard to do, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. I, sure. I, I never grew up in that in that kind of culture in the school where everyone had uniforms. Thank um, goodness. Yeah, that would have been rough. <laughs> it would have. It was like, how do I differentiate myself from everyone else other than my face? <laughs> but yeah, I just, I like some of the fashion choices that KyoAni made here. And they made very interesting use of glasses. And <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going. So Akihito also has this kind of glasses fetish and Mirai fits that to perfection because she has these red glasses and he'll just straight up say, you are a bespectacled beauty. And he has this thing where he likes to put glasses on girls and just basically he, he gets excited. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take those jokes, but like overall, at least there's like some merit to it because if they play it off for laps for the most part, uh-huh. and it, and it, they they do have like a, a neat chemistry in the beginning, playing off of that, it's it's not as gross as it could be, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, especially because that was the reason that he saved her to begin with. Yeah, very shallow reason. Yeah, because he was just like, I love your glasses, and that's why you shouldn't die. Like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. That was such an interesting take that I had never heard before. I was just like, wow, that that is something. So props to them for that. Yeah, it's definitely an easier easier, uh, trope to play with. I don't even know if it's a trope. Because, like, I know people in real life that, like, have a thing for glasses and, like, and it's one of those weird things where it's like they're like very honest and upfront with it. You know more people with that uh, fetish than you think. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But um. There... Well, is it a kink or a fetish? What's the difference? Is this a discussion we're gonna have or just? No, it is on? not. A, it was not a discussion okay. we're gonna have. No, no, <laughs> not today. Not, not on today. this recording. <laughs> we'll save that for after hours. <laughs> but home for anime after dark after dark yeah so there's also the Naze family who is tasked with watching over Akihito and they're interesting but not really there's a lot at play there and there's one character that has What's also introduced as like uh, a sister complex, sister fetish. But like the thing is with the Nase family overall, I feel like they're giving like the short end of the stick. There's not really a lot to that's explored in the anime. You, anything that I picked up from them is from my own like from from what I um, inferred from their dynamics and their relationship and from like typical anime, big family dynamics and politics and government as a microcosm of other stuff connection world building um they yeah they were done dirty in my opinion oh especially because like 
early on, I was really uncomfortable with some of the jokes. I was like, I don't know how literal I'm supposed to take this because my understanding of like otaku culture is sometimes some works take it super serious and it becomes incestuous. But with this, at least, there's like an interesting dynamic at play here where it's, uh, what was the character? Hiromi? Hiromi. Hiromi. He's the one that has it. And from what I gathered, a lot of it's developed over his appreciation over his older sister, but the lack of care that she's really given mm-hmm. or attention and, and, and care that uh, she's given to her younger siblings, which then he kind of tries to become an idealized version of an older brother for his little sister. So it's less literal, more romanticized. Uh, I don't know if that's a good way to put it. He's overcompensating. He's overcompensating for sure. He's just trying to, it's like you say, he's trying to make sure that she has the care that he didn't receive. Yeah. And right when we're talking about that, we're talking about the youngest of the three Nase mm-hmm. siblings, mm-hmm. Um, Mitsuki. Yeah, Mitsuki. And she's also interesting because you get this idea that she's been sheltered her whole, whole life, but it's not been enforced. A lot of it is more psychological in nature because she often um, pushes herself away from others. And I think restrains herself from having some kind of life. Right. Yeah. So even though he's trying to give her the attention and care that he never got, she doesn't want it. She wants to make herself distinct from everyone else. And these are dynamics that are really explored, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah. I mean, I every, everything that we are inferring, there are things that we really had to read into because we aren't given that con we're given slight context but we're not given mm-hmm. full backstories. And that's one thing that I will say, I think Beyond the Boundary suffers from, is does. there yeah. is not a fully fleshed out cast of characters. Yeah, which sucks because there, I think there are some elements like that in Nase family. They didn't even have to do that much more. They could have just had a few extra scenes, a bit of dialogue between the characters that would have just given a bit more substance to their relationships. But I feel like overall, throughout the course of this whole episode, anime run, I feel like the anime doesn't know when it should and shouldn't give you more information than you need. So it just decides to be lip shut throughout the entirety, up until the end, really. Yeah, like the whole thing that happens toward the end with Izumi, who is the oldest of the Naze siblings. I was just like, like, why are you doing this? Why are you introducing this in the last episode? Yeah, it doesn't really have that connective tissue aside from some early character interactions to give you the sense of this is something that's building up. Right? It's it's painted as a reveal, but you're just kind of like given context like five minutes before. <laughs> yeah, and it just doesn't work. Which is my, my question. Why do you hold this so highly? Is it just the fashion? Is it just the aesthetic? Or It's the fashion, but it's also, I feel like, what starts off as a sort of shallow relationship between Akihito and Mirai, it grows into a genuinely deep connection. And even though the the side characters aren't fleshed out, I believe that they all get, they get, no, they get development from Akihito and Mirai. When you really think about it. Yes, I, I agree with you. I just wish we would have spent more time with them. Right? And I think most of it comes from the fun episodes that they made. 
Well, also, particularly the, the 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 episode five or six, the one with the with the idols, you know, the, with the idols. Yeah, that was great. Well, also, when I when I say that, I am also just talking about overall. I mean, Akihito, he is this kind of shut off but very kind person, and it takes Mirai to drag him out of his personal shell. And it takes Akihito to drive Mirai out of her shell. And overall, all the relationships that they both had prior to the start of the series, they just kind of grow in terms of their bonds with them and with one another. So like like Hiromi and um, Mitsuki, they really do come to appreciate Akihito even more than they already did, which you can't tell at the beginning whether they do or not because of some things that are said and shown throughout. But you you really do see that care shine through further on because there, there is one point where a bunch of people just say Akihito is a pain to deal with. And I was like, oh, wow, he like nobody really likes him. But that kind of changes. Also, his mom is hilarious. That the, the mom was really annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why she's hilarious because they they're like don't like don't hit her don't um well like don't like don't chew her out she eats that stuff up and I'm like that is yeah <laughs> yeah well that's interesting because my 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 experience with the with the love story as it develops. And some of the character interactions, a lot of them do feel shallow. That was my, uh, that's what I took from it. And if there wasn't any joy in this, I don't think I would have really cared about it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, that's the thing is like this anime gives you snippets of things that could be done, could be said, and doesn't really spend time with it. And I'm not even talking about like it needs like a whole episode to develop these two, it needs another episode to develop these other two characters, and then they need to interact. Like that's not what I'm asking about. I'm just saying like, Sometimes it doesn't even feel like there was much of an attempt aside from some of like the um, tropist jokes that they put in. I feel like if you're not familiar with some of these ideas that they're feeding into the comedy, it might come off cross a bit off-putting. Well, don't you feel like even though some of them didn't get more development, they got more personality as the series went on? Yeah, and that's what filled a lot of that joy yeah yeah so that's why that's why i like it so much is because they they're they're interesting at the beginning but they're more fun to be with toward the end and i made a joke on instagram where like in the final episode there is the literal embodiment of we jump street and we about to jump in your ass you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah and the crack yeah, right in the crack. But that having that be the buildup, or like being, being the payoff for the buildup that we had gotten this entire time, because of all the connections that are made, even though, and I can't stress this enough, yeah, it, they're not fleshed out, but they are progressed, which I think are two different things. Progress in terms of plot or progress in terms of? Not in terms of plot, no. This thing, this show, this show exists purely on vibes for me. That's why I like it. 
Yeah. The plot of the show by itself is weak. And I can only say this because I've seen the sequel movie that came out three years later. Mm -hmm. It's unfinished. You need, you need the movie to understand it better because I'm like, where is some of this stuff going? Why was this introduced? Because it doesn't even give proper context to the beginning of the show, even though they're like, oh yeah, you should have known this all along, but you really understand everything with the movie. So I guess when I say that I really love Beyond the Boundary, I'm talking about it as an entire series, not just the show. But yeah, the yeah. the show and itself. I, I like that context too. But what I've heard, the movie's pretty great. The movie is great, and we're going to talk about that in the next episode. You got to watch it. Yeah, but uh, overall, yeah, the show itself. Yeah, I can see why you would say it's hollow in terms of plot. But like, I don't even like. That's the thing. Like, I don't even care about the plot of the story. I don't care about the world that they're written. I care about. I want to know more about the characters, right? Like that's where a lot of the interesting things from the show come from. And on that end, I feel like I just get snippets. Uh-huh. Well, like I said, for me, this is purely, purely vibes. And that's what keeps bringing me back to the show. And I'm really excited to rewatch this movie with you because I want to know if that same elated feeling is going to come back to me once I get that conclusion again, because it's been, I believe a year or two since I've seen the movie. I just remember really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you definitely, you definitely need the movie. I can't stress that enough either. It's essential. Otherwise you're just going to be left being like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, I definitely felt like that. Um, I'm not even sure like where to start with it, and this makes it make this makes it sound more like a train wreck than it actually is. It's it's cohesive. You yeah, you get at least the emotional experience throughout the show, and nothing else, right? Yeah, the vibes. Yeah, the the vibes. I, I honestly I don't know where to where to how to handle this oh, anime. I don't know how to think about it. Um, I can't ever see myself watching it again. Which is, I think, a shame, because there are some things that I did like. Overall, I still, I still enjoy it a lot. It took me a few days to get back into watching it, so I was doing maybe an episode or two every other day. But when I got to that second half, I ended up watching the entire rest of the show in a day. So I was like, oh, man, I, I can't remember this, but I'm really excited to see where it goes. Oh, this is where it goes. Okay. Also, the OP and the ED are really good for this show. Yeah, I I, I don't think I like the OP as much now that I've sat on it for a bit. I might change my thoughts. I don't know. Well, one thing about me that you should probably know is I really like trains. Mm-hmm. And she's on a train. Mirai is on a train during she's that OP. So I'm just like, yay, trains. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't watch that Yu-Gi-Oh! series that has trains, but I will watch Why not? Because Yu-Gi-Oh! is not that great anymore. But that's neither here nor there. 
It's never been great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. I looked at watched, you so quick. <laughs> bro, I ate that shit up when I was a kid. Don't. <laughs> did you Did you see the side eye? Yeah, I saw it. How quick it just pierced. Yeah, I was kind of impressed. You got a quick draw there. You have no idea, but overall, yes, it's a. It it just fits with the this whole show. Literally, everything about the show is a vibe. If you go into it for any other reason, and you don't watch the movie, then yeah, it's literally just a vibe, and it becomes like an emotional thing after you've seen the movie because the ending it's good but it's also kind of nonsensical yeah and i really the ending i did not like it that one tiny bit there was too much you're gonna appreciate it, it. you'll appreciate it once the movie once we watch the movie like i can't put this i can't say this enough the movie makes the series the movie makes beyond the boundary and it's called i'll be here because like you'll be here for it for sure yes and if you're not i apologize <laughs> I'll, I'll be on for it hopefully overall man yeah like <laughs> but truly this this really is a special show for me i think it's just really good we have some other really great characters that we didn't talk about, like the well, no, because they're in spoiler territory. But we do have some other. Yeah, it's really hard to talk about this without spoilers. Like yeah. it's really hard to get into just what doesn't work for me without giving just everything away. And I will say this: even though the plot is slightly nonsensical, and this might just be me, it. Nothing felt inconsequential. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it all played into what was going on. I can think of a few. <laughs> including the Idol episode. The Idol episode is crucial. That is the uh, turning point of the show. No one has changed. or Everyone has changed after that. You can't go back. Right. I'm changed as a viewer. It's just, well, <laughs> I, I can't tell if you're kidding or not, but like you're absolutely I'm, right. <laughs> I honestly, no joke. I think that was a wonderful act. That, that was probably my favorite episode. Oh yeah, I'm glad they had him there. Because after that, cause after that episode, everything does change. Like tonally, things change. Yeah, that's another thing. Some of the 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 tonal, it 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 remains serious throughout the second half, and then there's jokes and comedy being made with that serious tone where other characters would be put off by what's being said or shown. And they're not, which is fine. Like the, the, a lot of the comedy is driven by tropes found in light novels themselves. So if you have that knowledge, you, you, you won't be put off by it. But there are some scenes where I'm just like, why are they behaving this type of way? I know what they're trying to do, but like, you, ca you can't tell me that you're trying to give me, you're trying to take this too serious and then subvert it with the comedy, and it's not working. <laughs> For me, anyway. Yeah, sometimes those mood lighteners don't actually lighten the mood, or they just kind of ruin what's going on. But I, I didn't mind. Yeah. Like, I really didn't mind. And I also do want to talk about, I know we talked about the fashion, but the character designs are, well, mainly Mirai's yeah. character design. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else. The Nase family has a nice um 
visual similar their siblings of course but like you know there's there's a nice consistency there because uh, yeah. they're all pretty self-assured even though they have a lot of um, internal problems yeah as a family but they're all very competent that shows yeah that is definitely like it, it's so cool that Annie was able to make it so that they look like they're about their shit without making them seem too elite like everything from their facial expressions to the way that they dress to their their hairstyles even i think play into it because they're they're not like huh i'm better like you, you know what i, I mean? mean that's kind of just mitsuki's thing but like she's having fun with it right yeah like there's one moment after like a serious semi-serious event it's, i think it's pretty serious where she doesn't want to show concern and is not berating but you know talking out loud and directing it to one character um, and, and they're having fun with it even though it just followed like a, a pretty serious moment uh-huh. they're trying to get back into normalcy it doesn't quite work but that's what makes that scene work well you know kill annie's whole thing is slice of life mm-hmm. yeah so. i never get tired of their character designs too like uh-huh. even though they have like they're drawn from different art styles for some of the stuff that they adapt even just for straight up novels because like violent Evergarden was a novel right yeah it was okay cool uh i like that they're able to still give it their distinct flavor of visual direction yeah which they have really stuck to for the past over a decade now yeah and for me personally that never gets old which is impressive to do yeah the consistency uh what's that western sorry sorry just to just to take it off with like an example what's the the creator of like samurai jack dexter's laboratory again gendy's tarkovsky something like that yeah Yeah. he has something similar that where like i see his style i'm like oh i instantly know who that is Mm -hmm. and it's always like visually appealing to me or like really fun right right yeah i think i think kyoto animation definitely shows their competence in their character designs and even if the characters don't change their clothes that much, like for example, in Violet Evergarden, they make sure that the character designs and the outfits are memorable mm-hmm. for the most part. There are some shows and movies where it's not as clear, but they typically do stand out. Like you can pick them from a crowd easily and you can say, that's Kill Annie, that looks great. Yeah which is great to me. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, nine times out of eight. <laughs> and overall, I I think a big problem that some people might have with Beyond the Boundary, I think this is probably one of the last things I'll say, if not the last thing I'll say. I can't think of several overall themes but my thing with KyoAni is that the overarching theme of all KyoAni works is love. Like I will say that time and time again in any episode that I do, everything that KyoAni makes revolves around love in one way or another. And you can mm-hmm. see that here, whether it be a love for glasses, a love for little sisters, or a love for humanity. So I think KyoAni is really all about bringing people together. 
And this show definitely shows that. Especially in what could have been this really hardcore discrimination aspect that they didn't go after. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Because there are some characters that are Yomu and nobody bats an eye at it. They're just like, all right, well, these characters are cool. So, like, I, we, we fucks with it. Yeah, it wasn't like a classification. It didn't get into, like, uh, the, the politics of, like, how Yama gets classified or something. Yeah. I think that could be interesting, but also the way that the this, the spirit world or how their their fights and adventures are, like, drawn out. Like, I, I just didn't really care. I wouldn't care <laughs> to delve into anyway, so I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. Um, like, they're not, they're not stacking too much, which is another thing about KyoAni. They don't stack too much onto certain series. And this one, there's already a lot to deal with. So they knew, yeah. all right, we can't, we can't overdo it. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, why this? Why, why, why adapt this? I know they published it, but because, because you say that they're interested in themes about love. Okay. Yes. That's what <laughs> I to... like. That that's I'm what to... I'm thinking. Yeah, but like, I... you don't have to show ugliness to show love, but they kind of. Tr- gesture at that towards the end i think that's one part that left me a little unsatisfied and it talks about the ugly because what the yamu are they represent like the 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 residual elements of like human anger distrust of just just dissatisfaction all the all the all the, all the unhealthy things all, all these negative emotions that leak out of us right and over time it they build up and they manifest into physical form but but no, like that doesn't have to be the case always because you have like the appraiser characters who are also Yomu. So like it it has this factor, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but it has this factor of yeah, there is ugliness in the world in terms of these negative emotions, but that doesn't always have to be the case. I mean Akihito, yeah, he has he's half Yomu, but he also represents like like he has the humanity which comes from just more than his human side he he is he is able to embrace that part of him even though it it hurts him because he knows that that's just part of being human and what i think is so great is that it's essentially saying you know not that you have to but it's good to love others and it's essential to love all the parts of yourself. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly what it's trying to do because I, I feel like one of the messages you can't isolate yourself with those feelings or emotions because it'll just lead you to ruin. Right. We have two characters throughout the series that we explore that with. I feel like that's maybe where some of the unsatisfaction comes from because mm-hmm. I feel like they drop the ball at the end. And then they're trying to wrap things up and there's no space. But what we do get is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Overall, I this this is just a this is just a good pleasure to watch for me. I really love it. This is this is fun for me. I'm hoping the movie recontextualizes some things. I um, think it I think it will. 
I hope I hope there's some retcon, not in terms of just like getting rid of things and saying, oh, that didn't exist, but, you know, filling me in about certain elements of the story. Oh, like the first 10 minutes, you were going to feel like you've been slapped in the face. Oh, I, I, OK. <laughs> like what? What? But this. And you're going to be like, OK, I'm here for it. And with that, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, they truly were <laughs> beyond the boundary. Oh, oh my god, god I can't believe you fucking said... No, I'm not cutting that. <laughs> oh, there is one more thing I do want to say. Before... All right. <laughs> god, god damn it. So, I really like the score of the show. The score is great, yeah. And, you know, it reminded me of a collaborate, like another collaboration between Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. That's what that's what this felt like to me. You you felt a Tim, like the score itself or the, the show? The score mm-hmm. itself would be something that would come out of specifically a Tim Burton and Danny Elfman collaboration. I have not watched a Tim Burton movie in so long. I think the last was um, Sweeney Todd. Like, I definitely, the parts of the music gave me Edward Scissorhands vibes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's go. God, I, my, my brain is just can't connect the, 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 the sound design and, and tracks of, of this anime with Tim Burton. Cause I just, I, that Tim Burton part is just gone right now. <laughs> I need to revisit. That'd be a cool series to watch Tim Burton movies. Yeah, but, for sure. Anyway, that's a cool thought. Yeah. Yeah, any Tim Burton heads, they might be like, oh, damn, gotta check this out now. <laughs> Here's hoping. But with that, that's all I got. They truly were. <laughs> all right. Peace out. So, <laughs> plug yourself. <laughs> Don't let me suffer in silence. So, if you want to follow me. Uh, all right well thank you drew and if you want to follow me you can do so on instagram at anime alpha goat or you can email me recommendations at our anime home at gmail.com feel free to donate to the patreon you get really sweet perks or donate to the buy me a tea so that i can get tea because i love tea and I really hope that you're enjoying this celebration of Kyoto Animation Series, and there are so many more shows and movies to cover. So tune back in for the next episode, and with that, we are out. Out. Oh.